Welcome to the things we don't want to talk about. A podcast for the voice for the unheard, hope for the hopeless, and the it to keep you pushing through life authentically, unapologetically, while being true to yourself. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Things We Do Not Want to Talk About, and we are now in season two. It feels like a while since I've recorded episode one because of my timing off, and I wanted to wait till after Mother's Day to do my second episode, but we are here. I'm excited to be back, and um, I'm feeling kind of special this day, this evening, as I'm thinking about it being uh, Mental Health Awareness Month, a month that is very special to me. And very special to those that deal with mental health issues. It's kind of like our time where we have our time to shine unapologetically, I should say. And of course, we could do this any day. But because social media in particular um, has created a space where we are able to share. A lot of people who usually do not share about mental health are sharing. Um, it's now something that's more widespread. And it's something I'm just really, really, really happy um, to see. So... What the journey means to me, I'm thinking about my different experiences with mental health, my new diagnosis that I'm really excited to share so that I know I can help someone else who's dealing with the same issues. And then before I start, before I go in too deeply, I do want to pay homage and respect to my friend, Billy, who did commit suicide um, in October 2014. He would have been 25 next month. So he's definitely on my heart during this month and during this time as I'm recording. So. I'm definitely like team mental health matters and black mental health really matters. And actually, I think since the last time we've spoken, actually, I got my first tattoo. Um, and it's probably be my only tattoo possibly until I may get it fixed. But I did get a semicolon tattoo on my wrist. And for those who are not familiar with Project Semicolon, um, it's like a tattoo that stands in solidarity with those who deal with mental health issues, those who've dealt with depression, um, suicide, things of that nature. So I am standing in solidarity with all my people who are dealing with issues all over. So I'm really excited. Um, I'm excited to talk about mental health, particularly right now um, for a few reasons. And I guess I should kind of go back and tell my story of like how I got into mental health and where I am currently. So going back to 2018, no, 2017, November 2017 to be exact, I had my first panic attack. I didn't know what was going on. I didn't have the words to actually express my feelings. I just know I was going crazy, right? I was thinking about death for like four days straight. It wouldn't go away. I was trying to keep my mind distracted. It was just like a feeling I honestly to this day still can't put in words. And now I can, but then it was just like I was all over the place, right? I just didn't know I hadn't dealt with that type of stress or that type of panic in my mind. Um, for so long at one time and just not knowing what um, and at that time that was when I got closer to God as well um, and really just try to like tap into my faith and trying to understand what happened because I feel like to this day that's what saved me during that time because other than that I don't know how I would have made it like four days straight I was thinking about death I was trying to stay busy I was working at Victoria's Secret at that time and Maybe I was overly stressed. I'm not sure. But from that day on, I just have always been conscious about my mind and how I'm feeling and my patterns. So luckily for me, I have not had a panic attack since 2018, but I have dealt with generalized anxiety um, and different things that come from just being in college and constantly trying to be perfect or constantly trying to have all my 4.0s or have a work life and have a balanced life. I put a lot of stress on myself for a really long time, and I feel like at a young age, I burnt myself out. 
So now at 24, almost 25 in a few months, I'm now looking back and thinking about the many times that my mental health um, was at risk and was completely at a low state. So that's something that um, I'm really conscious of. And I try to make people aware of to like really, you know, even if you don't have a mental health issue, quote unquote, or you don't have a diagnosis, spend time really trying to understand who you are, um, being more self-aware, understanding what you like and what you don't like. I know it sounds simple, like, oh, I don't like that. I don't do this. Or why do I do these things? But like really pay attention to yourself because it takes those moments of silence, those moments of like reading up on like those self-help books, quote unquote, or just trying to learn more about why you are the way you are or why do you do the things that you do that could really 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 change not only your trajectory your own trajectory of life but you'll also be able to process um others and life as a whole so I definitely encourage you all um, to do so even if you are not dealing with a specific mental health issue so like I said before um, I have dealt with anxiety for a really long time um, probably since I was about 18 or 19 where I remember and knowing like okay I want to get some help and I want to get into therapy um, but I probably had it for a while I just didn't have the words like I say. So on my journey um, to being aware of being conscious of my mental health and my mental well-being I was not ever diagnosed on paper with a specific mental health issue. But um, when I first started going to therapy, this maybe was about three years ago. I went to my first therapist um, besides me going for like family therapy or things like that. I went, she told me like, and Kinga, you are on the verge for having severe anxiety if you do not get this together. It scared me. I was crying so hard and I loved my therapist. Right. And then she just like stopped booking me appointments. And I'm like, what happened? I do something wrong. And if you know anything about mental health or anything about therapy, that's like a 911. Like, oh my God, no, she did not do that to you. But yes, she ended up getting overbooked and she wasn't able to like accommodate me anymore. And I was so sad. She was like a black woman. She was feeling me. She was hearing me. And I was just so in love with our session. So I was just hurt. So then I took a break. I'm like, huh, forget it, man. I kind of got tired of looking through different therapist descriptions and stuff. And I just wanted to move on. So that therapist didn't work. I went to another therapist. I waited like um, a year to go to the next therapist. And I really forgot her name. But I think y'all know um, the NBA young boy sign. They'd be like, I just left therapy with K3 and I sped off. So I'm thinking her name is K3 or like Katie or something like that. But um, I was in therapy with her for a year. Prior to COVID. So the year prior to COVID and then um, following that time. So I was in therapy for 12 months prior to COVID. And then my life was just becoming like easy. I was getting more control of myself and I didn't really quite need it. And then, of course, the pandemic happened. So I didn't really have much going on in my life. Um, so it was kind of a slow period. So I stopped going to therapy. Um, I resumed therapy last year July of 2021 and my life really has changed for the better um, my therapist I have now is I feel like my angel on earth like I honestly do feel like that she is like my perfect person I appreciate her so much um, I hope I can even get her a gift y'all <laughs> I don't know if that's appropriate but I'm just really happy that I honestly um, have found my person and I have found someone that is able to hear me understand me and to still help me to understand who I am and why I am the way that I am so during this year I feel like I've had a lot of emotional ups and downs um, I know I mentioned before when I was ending the last season I was at a really low state emotionally and that took a toll on me and I feel like I got to a really low depressed state that I haven't been in a really 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 long time um, when I ended season one 
I was just mentally everywhere. Um, I feel like I had a mental breakdown, like a mini one, like maybe lasted for like two days, but it was like a strong one and it had a strong hold on me. And that took like a huge effect on like my emotional well-being. So during that time, um, I went through those motions. I was low financially, emotionally, spiritually, physically, any type of way you could think of. Um, I was able to shake back. Um, but during that time, it was just low, you know. So I wasn't recording at the time. And I also had shared a podcast. I think it was the one where I was talking about mental health. And I honestly don't remember what. Okay, no, it was prior to well, it was right after the episode I did with about anxiety and mental health. And one of my colleagues at work um, had messaged me was like, hey, you know, I wanted to know if you wanted to go out to lunch, etc. So she had heard my podcast and she was like, um, and King Gay, I was wondering, um, OK, well, of course, I'm quoting in my own words, but basically we end up going to lunch. And she was like, I was listening to your podcast and I was noticing that you were having the symptoms of OCD. Maybe that's something you should get checked out. Keep this in mind, you all right. And I know I'm probably not just speaking for myself, but as a black woman and being in the black community, I always associated OCD with the hand washing thing or like someone that's overly clean. And I do clean a lot, but I'm like, I ain't that clean where I got OCD. So when, she, when I heard it, I'm like, no, I don't think so. You know, but when she went on to describe her symptoms and what she was going through, I'm like, wow, like it really opened my eyes up. And I'm sharing that because I'm like, dang, you don't ever know how far like or me personally, like how far my podcast will go or how far um, somebody just listened to this one episode. It will help them or it will share them or give them that, that light that they know they needed to be lit. Right. Sometimes just sharing your experiences and being open and being able to be an example of what struggle someone is going through is like everything. And at that time, that's what type of moment it was. It was like a coming to light moment. So today um, in May 2022, I am letting you all know that for a long time, I thought I had generalized anxiety disorder. But um, since last week, I have been diagnosed with obsessive compulsive disorder. And my theme, because it has different themes of OCD, is moral scrupulosity and just right slash perfectionism. So for those who are not familiar um, with what OCD is, I'm going to try my best to really describe the different things that goes on in my head. Um, so for example, things I do that people do um, who have OCD. So they call this like the checking problem. Like if you have like a thing where you have to check all the time or you need that extra reinsurance or you are someone um, who constantly has to be told like, you're doing this good or you're not doing this good or you always just need someone to affirm you and to get their approval. So some of the things I do is like when I'm driving, I will literally um, have my camera on and I will look at myself as I'm driving, not taking a picture, not making a video or nothing, but constantly having to look at myself. Right. I was looking at myself in each mirror I walk in, no matter if it was on um, a side of a store, no matter if I saw a mirror, anything I saw my reflection in or I could see my reflection in, I would go in and I would do that. Um, when it comes to doing right by others and um, I mean, like, you know, when it comes to like being there for people, whether that's physically, financially or just being a great friend, I take it to like the next level. And a lot of people appreciate that about me. But it's not until recently that I learned that, um, yes, I am a good person and I have a good heart, but I literally can't control myself. So I do the most just to ensure that I'm not doing wrong by people. And it sounds like, oh, girl, why would you not want to do that? But I take it to the extreme. So when you're dealing with OCD, um, you deal with compulsions and obsessions. So one of the like compulsions and obsessions that I deal with is I have a fear of hurting people or me letting them down. 
So I constantly overthink situations. Um, I, I, I put myself in situations where I try my best to overcompensate. Um, I'm constantly trying to be the one for somebody and I'm doing it where it's hurting me to just get it done. But feeling like if I don't do right by these people or if I don't overextend or if I don't overcompensate, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do as a person. And it's really all made up because it's like this false reality that I've created in my head. Yet it is so hard for me to stop doing it. And it sounds crazy like to someone who doesn't have it, but it's like this idea of constant thoughts racing in your head 24 seven and you constantly obsessing over them over and over and over again, where peace is very hard for me to find. And I have times where honestly, I can't shut my brain off because I'm constantly over um, compulsing or trying to like overanalyze and make sure things are just right and perfect and it ends up hurting me right so people who deal with OCD we do these things so that it fixes the moment crisis that we have but we don't understand that these things hurt us in the long run and for a long time I thought it was just like me having anxiety and like oh, okay it's just my anxiety but no I'm actually someone who may not even have generalized anxiety disorder but what I do have is OCD and my OCD triggers my anxiety because then that makes me anxious and by definition um, it is a common chronic and long-lasting disorder in which a person has uncontrollable reoccurring thoughts obsessions and or behaviors that he or she feels the urge to repeat over and over so um, the obsessions are like repeated thoughts urges or mental images that cause anxiety and the common ones are like fear of germs or contamination unwanted or like taboo thoughts that are are like are sexual Aggressive thoughts towards others or self, um, having things to be in like symmetrical order or in perfect order, like people that are really big on numbers, like four, 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 five, 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 six, six, six. I didn't have the number one, but I did have the one where like I would constantly check. So, for example, I could lock my door at home two minutes ago and I know I locked my door because I just walked from my kitchen to my room but the fact that I have to do it again to reassure myself that it's checked are different things that are like the obsessions that I do have. And then compulsions are like the repetitive behaviors that a person with OCD feels. So like compulsive counting, checking on things such as repeating to see if the door is locked or the order and arranging and like excessive cleaning or hand washing, the most common one we think of. And people who deal with like moral scrupulosity or like the just rightness, it's the idea that um, you aren't doing right by people or you're not doing right by yourself if you do not serve these people in a certain way and people don't know that you're feeling these things and that's what makes OCD so bad because of the fact that it's one of the um I was listening to a doctor it's in the top 10 mental um, illnesses that impacts you the most because it's one that people do not see and it's one that only affects the internal war that is inside of your head so people with OCD, it's like hard for us to control our thoughts and behaviors and they become so excessive. So on the spectrum, if you are able to like compulse over things or constantly do these things over one hour, then you are considered someone that deals with OCD. And um, you usually don't see the obsessions without the compulsions or the compulsions without the um, obsessions. And then sometimes um, people who have it... Um, on like the opposite side of the spectrum that is more stronger, these people have issues with completing like day-to-day -day activities. So me and my personal, um, or like in my case personally, I have an issue where these things affect more so 
me and only myself in a way, but it hurt, it hurts me because I'm the one that's taking all the hits because of my OCD. But what saved me, um, according to my therapist and the treatment plan I'm currently in, is the fact that I do use logic and I have a um a clear level of discernment. So we came to the conclusion that like my spiritual gift is discernment, um, and that is what has helped me, um where my OCD has not got uncontrollable to where it affects my work life, where it doesn't affect um, my day-to-day activities of, giving, of getting done. But what it does is it creates a war in my mind and it's like a constant fight I'm having within. And it's hard for me to explain it to other people who don't have it because it seems like normal things, but it's not normal when you're not able to control yourself or you're not able to control the thoughts. So the thoughts are literally intrusive. Like they will invade my mind and I can't get them out until they decide to leave. Um, as I am in therapy, I am working um, and I'm doing EPR. So that's exposure radiation therapy. Um, And it's exposing me to the thing that I'm either afraid of or the thing that I'm trying to avoid or the thing that I can't seem to get out of my head so that I become more comfortable with it and that I am able to deal with it instead of trying to repeat myself um, to doing so. So when I got my diagnosis um, and I got it last week, I kind of shed some tears a little bit. And I didn't shed tears because I was in disbelief because I knew I had it and was talking to my friend and she was telling me everything, how she was feeling. I know these are my exact thoughts, but I'm more so cried because I was just thinking about, wow, like I finally have a diagnosis and me even being someone who I talk about mental health, like I'm on that. That's my thing. I still feel uncomfortable. Right. I felt like an outsider in a way. Like I made this long post on Instagram about being diagnosed with OCD and I just felt like, ugh, like not ugh, like, oh, my God, I hate myself. But like, wow, like I really have like a real problem now. And it's like on paper. And then I had to check myself and I was like, you know what? No, like, yeah, I have a thing and I have a thing that could be used to also help someone else. And I have a thing that I'm not proud to speak about, because if I don't, I'll be like everyone else that has problems that wants to always hide them. And we aren't perfect people. Right. And how I'm going to get up here talking about all this on my podcast. And I can't even be transparent on the issues that I have. So for me, it was kind of it was liberating. but It was also like. Wow, because I feel like that day I got diagnosed, I felt like my OCD was like on 10. Like, I'm obsessing over this, I'm overthinking this, but everything kind of made sense. And it gave me the opportunity to where, like, I was able to sit with myself and say, This is my problem. And, like, this is also what I'm going to do to fix it. So, I'm currently um, in. Wait, yeah, I'm currently, I guess, I'm trying to say, how do I say it right? Yeah, I'm currently in NOCD, so it's like NOCD um, therapy treatment, and they do use EPR therapy, which is like a cognitive behavior therapy approach um, to work on to help you to treat your OCD. You start off with two therapy sessions a week, which I'm currently in. This is my second week, um, one hour sessions. And then once you get down to, I want to say 20% improvement or 30% improvement, you go down to once a week. Um, and then after me going through the program, um, I will be able to be more at ease. And then eventually I do plans like phase out to where I'm able to have better control over my mind. So I like to say this, like you can kind of compare it to maybe like a rehab treatment. Um, I don't like to say those things because I'm not sure if it's like derogatory to someone else that is and they feel like that's not the same. So I'm not going to say it is, but I would say 
for you to think of something to compare it to. Think of it as a treatment just in whole, right? I wouldn't think of it as like a regular therapy session. I'm seeing them every single week to talk about my life or what I'm doing because they specifically focus on helping you rid your OCD and not even rid, right? Because some things we don't get rid of, but you're learning how to control and have control of these um, intrusive thoughts or these behaviors that hinder your growth in the long term. So um, I'm working on that. And for me, when I was um, or my goal in the program is to become a better person to where I am not able where, well, I'm trying to become a better person where my mind is not always my enemy. Like sometimes I feel like I can't do lots of things or things hinder me just because I'm not in the proper place and my mental state is not healthy. And if you know or if you deal with someone who does have mental health issues, you know how important your emotional and your mental well-being is in order for you to succeed. So for me, I'm like really serious on this. Um, It is two hours a week. That is a lot out your week if you're a busy person working a nine to five. But I'm like in it. Like I use my lunch break to do it when I'm at work. And I'm like passionate. This is what I want to do because I want the help. So um, during the time of me being diagnosed with OCD, you also take different um, diagnosis tests, like assessments, so they can rule out everything else. Um, One thing that did come up about me, which I'm almost like 80% kind of I know I do, um, ADHD came up for me and not the AD part, attention deficit, but the hyperactivity um, part. And I get my test for that tomorrow. So on the next podcast, I'll be able to tell you all. Um, But my hyperactivity is coming up. And my therapist was mentioning like by my fast talking and how um, my thoughts are, how like they race, how I move from topics from one to the other. You all probably see it in a podcast, unfortunately. Um, But just like my thinking process and my patterns, um, they're just like adults with ADHD. Um, and that one I'm a little nervous about because I've always felt like that for a while. I was a bit hyper, um, and overactive than like my peers, uh, but I thought it was just, oh, I'm an energetic person. So I wouldn't be surprised if that does come out as me having ADHD. So I do find that out tomorrow. So getting this diagnosis has like came with a lot. It's like a domino effect. Um, good. And I'm not going to say bad, but more so eye openers and things that I have to be more conscious of. And then, like I told you all before, on my mom's side, um, her dad and her brother both um, dealt with schizophrenia and were schizophrenic people. So mental health does run rampant um, in my family. And it's something that is really important to me. And I feel like it's an issue that we as black people just do not talk about enough. And we we talk about it now, but we don't go to that next level of trying to address the problem because it is a problem. And I just think about so many people who have issues or they have these unwanted ways of life that they are, but they don't want to change or they look at themselves as they don't have problems or they look at themselves as, oh, this is the way I am or just kind of Honestly, not be honest and be real with yourself. Like I had a friend, we were talking and she was like, girl, the one thing I'm not going to do is I'm not going to lie to myself. I lie to somebody else, but I ain't going to lie to myself. I'm like, dang, now that's a good one, right? It don't matter how many people you lie to. But once you start lying to yourself, that's a problem because now you're starting to believe your lies and them believing them lies turn into a delusion. And you don't want to be a delusional person because there's a lot of people out here that are like that. And that's why when I'm like, you know what? 
I want to change. Like, I want to change. I want to be better. I want to be more honest with myself. And I want to be open with the issues that I face so that I can become a better person 10 years from now, right? So I'm not doing it just for the 24-year-old in King A, but I'm doing it so that I become a better woman, right? I become a better human. I become a better product of earth, right? And become like that godly woman that I know I'm meant to be. So for me, it's like, I'm doing this for like a deeper purpose. And most of all, I'm doing this because I want to do this. And I think when it comes to dealing with people with mental health issues and people that are um, understanding and just becoming aware of who they are, like who they really are underneath the accomplishments, underneath the clothes, underneath the titles, underneath um, what society has placed them to be. You really, really, really have to tap into who you are. And I say it all the time, I hate social media because it allows us to literally be whoever we want to be. And sometimes that person who we have morphed into are not really us. And I just appreciate and I honor and I'm just so happy when I see people take these moments and like these you know, trends that are going on because it is a trend, like the whole mental health awareness month and go beyond that trend because you really do got people like myself that we deal with these issues every day. It's, it's not a month thing. It's not a day thing. It's not a week thing. It's an everyday and it's the everyday issue that we have to face whether we want to or not. So when I put honor and I put respect and I'm like, no, like, let's talk about it for real. I'm doing it not just for me, but for people all over. Right. One of our people will deal with a mental health issue in life. And just think about it right now. If I was in a studio with four people, one of us has a mental health issue and I happen to be that one. So if I got a student or a class of um, not a student, if I got a class of 20, five of my students got a mental health issue. Right. And so many times we just don't know what we have, what we feel while we're going through these things because we don't have the words to. So um, the words to express or even have the knowledge to express. So when I'm talking on my podcast and when I'm having these topics, um, it's passionate to me. Like this is my passion. I feel it. And hopefully I, I'm talking to somebody else who needs to hear the same thing because I didn't hear that. And I could just only imagine that 18-year-old in King A or that 19-year-old in King A that was going through her first miscarriage and going through that crazy toxic relationship and not having the words to because my people just wasn't on that, right? Like we know mental health exists. We got the words and stuff, but no one is sharing their experiences. I don't know what it's like to have OCD because I think of it as the cleaning thing, right? We hear anxiety now. We hear depression. We hear PTSD because of the rappers and stuff, but it's more things than just those four, right? It goes deeper and you want to figure out why. Why am I having these things? What's going on? When did this start? And like, most of all, how can I change or how can I really get to that next level of growth for my own growth? Whether that be mentally, spiritually, emotionally, you want to tap into really who you are so that your psyche can change about yourself. And again, not everyone has a mental health issue, right? Everybody can't have an issue and that's fine. And I respect that. But everyone should be aware of who they are and why they are who they are. Right. And that's something I challenge everybody to do. I don't care what position you're in. I don't care how much money you have. I don't care about what your job title is. Get to know you. If you don't do nothing else before you leave this pretty brown earth, get to know who you are. And that's what I really just want to celebrate and honor during this Mental Health Awareness Month. So 
I'm hella happy to have this episode. Um, I'm grateful for everyone who's been listening to me, those who share their stories about mental health, those who are just trying to understand what mental health is and just become more self-aware. If I have encouraged you or inspired you, I just want to say thank you. Like, thank you for believing in me. Um, thank you for thinking of me as being valuable to take information from um, or to take insight from. And I just want to let everybody know who's listening tonight and everyone who listens in the future that you are not alone. And for those who are scared to share or are just hesitant or afraid of like what life may label you as, you just don't know that sharing your story or sharing your struggles would be the one thing that stops um, someone from jumping off, whether that may be literally um, or figuratively speaking. So I would like to pay homage to Mental Health Awareness Month, and I thank you all.